cold open, off the top, jumping right off the top rope to get this thing started, diving right in. Welcome to D-Hoop University. This is your host, D-Hoopster, Daryl Harris. That is my real name for those out there who this is your first time listening to my voice. I'm glad you are. I'm glad you're here. Thank you for listening. D-Hoop University is going to be a really open-ended podcast audio journey that I've been passionate about doing seriously and I think that right now timing wise and as far as the news and what's going in basketball with the playoffs starting and wrestling which a lot of this is going to center around Wrestlemania which is the classic it coincides with what I do for work now and what skills I'm picking up there and what I can now bring to the table as a host of this show I am a little bit about me really quick 25, turning 26, from Los Angeles, California. Carson, California, to be specific. It's about my sixth year living in Las Vegas. I am a dad now. I have a family that I love and think the world of. I am a TV news producer. I work. I write the highest-rated 11 p.m. newscast in Las Vegas, which, you know, snaps for that. I, it's funny because journalism's always been my thing, but it's been an open-ended journey through journalism. And like I said, I, I have a passion for it. It's, it's in me and I want to get it out. And I think you're going to hear that in the, these first two episodes that it's like I'm getting out all this energy that I have for doing this. Because if you know me, you know that this is what I do essentially. So this is going to be fun. This is going to be fun. This isn't going to be a one-sided show about sports. We're going to talk about a lot, and I'll probably share a lot about myself and hopefully have some really good conversation. I'll have a lot of guests on here, a lot of friends of mine primarily, and, you know, more to come. I'll explain further as it goes, but I really want to get right into this and... With that being said, let's jump right in. This is a long time in the making. I think that says it the best. Um, definitely excited to introduce my man's Shiv. This is the first time we are doing any type of uh, public content, but this is a just a snippet of what we do weekly on the regular already as a routine and the story of how our relationship has evolved over the years is a great one, but that's for another pod. <laughs> Without further ado, what up, bro? Thank you for having me, bro. Thank you for having me. I've been a fan from afar. I'm a, a, a traveled man, but a fan from afar throughout it all. And this is just what we do, bro. I feel like this is super normal. Coming from Central Texas. Central, hailing, hailing from... Waco, Texas, which is where we first met, <laughs> became friends, and now very, very, very close. So I'm excited to be here. And uh, very excited to get in the basketball playoff season. Definitely. They're Def- upon us. Definitely. It's finally here. We've been kind of waiting for it for a minute. I know I have. I think the regular season, obviously, is like 30% of it is just fat that you can just trim off. Like 30% of NBA games. I feel like are just kind of whatever. Like you I don't really care agree with you. Star break. 
I, I look at the season in three three stages. Um, before All Star, and after All Star, and playoffs. Before All Star, if you're tuned in, is a really good period about it. It's, it's a really good period to watch and have that frame of reference for how the season winds and goes. And I'll come back to that theory at you know very soon into the pod. But um, after All Star, teams are you know, they they finalized their roster. They finally made the trade deadline move. They, you know, went and got the buyout guy, the the vets to to beef up their roster and they're playing their rotation. So it's yeah. now it's like now it's we're pretty much giving you what we got for real because we got to figure out what we got and how much runway we have to get there. And it's not that much. And then the playoffs, now it counts. Let's make it happen. And in the East, it, it gets very funny. And side note, we're going to talk about the Eastern Conference for this section because Shiv is a New England, Boston, metropolitan area fan. Yes. And roots for the boys in green. We love the boys in green. The boys from Beantown are ready to play. Looking at the season kind of in stages, we're at this point now where Milwaukee seems to be the prohibitive favorite. We're going to pull up the betting gods in just a second. But if you recall, Boston started red hot, lights out, best shooting team, best defensive team. Their record through 30 games was they had a pretty sizable gap on the rest of the conference and we're the best team in the NBA. And with their first four to five, six weeks of a new head coach, which was unexpected, happened right before the season. And what do you know? They hit the ground running. And then, of course, they had adversity. Every, you know, it's what the regular season is a long season. You know, injuries happen. So you can easily forget that that team was the best team playing the best basketball in the NBA this this season. And yeah. it could be surface right about now. Curious, who do you think is the odds-on favorite to come out of the East? If it's if if we're talking betting odds, it's probably Milwaukee because they finished first, right? They had that like really really hot end to the season where they were just clapping teams. Um, I don't know though, honestly. As somebody who watches pretty much all Boston basketball, like it felt like at times the Boston team was just sort of like whatever. We're playing in Detroit on a Tuesday night, like. We're not doing anything like we don't care. This right. game. We're mean, locked in for that night. And I think that there's like one side of that, which is like you're being too arrogant and you're not taking your opponent seriously. And then there's the other side, which is just like we're just taking the night off because it's Tuesday night in Charlotte right. or like Tuesday night in Atlanta. And those performances, they haven't changed your stance because I already know going in, because like I said, we do this on the regular. You're confident. In yeah, guys. Yeah, of course, without a doubt, without a doubt. And I'll tell you that you were right as well. For one, that that Milwaukee is the favorite. They're plus one thirty right now. It's crazy. Um, I will wait for a sponsorship to mention which sports book I'm going off of, but they are plus one thirty to come out of the East favorite. But right behind them are the Boston Celtics at plus one fifty. After that, a big jump till till Philly, who's plus five hundred. So that's your top three in the East to come out, which it makes sense to me as well, because from there, the next favorite is 
Would you laugh if I told you it was <laughs> the New York Knicks as well as the Miami Heat? See, but this this just feels like this feels odd because pardon me, pardon me, pardon me, pardon me. I jumped. There, there's one in between there. There's the Cavs. Oh yeah, I was just about to say like that. That that feels a little odd. Cavs at plus fourteen hundred for re- for reference. Then there's a big jump to plus four thousand for Miami and New York. I don't know what's going on in Miami. That series is going six with them in Boston. It's probably going six, and that's just a dogfight. But who do you think wanted the series more? Boston, honestly. If that's how it plays out, because that's on the schedule as well. The wh- how the playing. I am assuming. Out. I'm assuming Miami little brothers Trey Young and Deontay Murray in order to get that seven seed, which is where they'll play Boston, right? So, yeah, I don't know. I'm not worried about the Hawks. Like I, yeah. I I'll tell you this much: I haven't watched a, a single minute of Atlanta Hawks basketball in the 82 games that they've played. I've watched zero minutes of them because I don't. I already kind of know what to expect. Like I, I, I saw Trey Young in college. Like I know, I know what it is. It's just high pick and rolls and let Trey cook and maybe you get 22 from Bogdanovich on like six threes because <laughs> he has an evening. It's like, I'm not really tuned yeah. in to Atlanta basketball. And I feel like Miami kind of has that AAU ground and pound team United mentality where it's like, because they are just a, a better functioning team, they are going to be able to take care of Atlanta. I'm not saying like Trey Young is not talented. Yeah. No, I hear you. But now we're that we're playing playoff basketball and this one is, is a NCAA tournament style game where you two win one night who's going to win. And I would also bet on Miami in this game. Uh, I'll tell you that Atlanta starting five of uh, Murray Collins, Trey, probably Hello. Hunter, I believe. And, uh, Capella, one of the best performing starting fives, one of the best performing fives, but that team clearly had a lot going on this year because they somehow talked their head coach out of the door mid mid season, and then they were like decent season. One, yeah, I don't, I don't know what they got going on over there. So there, there's a lot to not be afraid of in Atlanta, and we don't need to be talking about Atlanta this soon to the podcast. <laughs> but, <laughs> but yeah. I don't know how we got to Atlanta, but I just know that whatever it is, they're getting smacked by Miami and have fun playing as the eight seed against Milwaukee. Like, <laughs> So who do you think – do you think that the top tier in the East, because we probably agree, is Boston, Philly, and Milwaukee? Yes. Yes. Now – That's the correct order. Looking outside of those three, who do you think are the biggest threat to either – Crack that top tier, sneak into the conference finals. Who knows? Sneak the whole conference. Right, right, right. Honestly, Miami was that team, you know, in the bubble. And Atlanta had a conference finals run the year after that. And in the East, you tend to get more. That team really, you know, a team sneaks in for a season. Yeah. But, you know, you're surprised. And then they unsurprisingly lose in the conference finals. Yeah, um, probably the winner of the Knicks, because in in this way, like Knicks and Cavs is actually kind of interesting because I haven't watched much of either team, but I know that both teams kind of size up on the bigs and they're just like a big, tall, lanky, like Julius Randle, Jerry Allen. Like these are just like big dudes, like Mobley, like uh, whatever that kid with super balance like Jericho Sims like they're just massive dudes on the court 
And so you would think that whichever team wins probably ends up relying on their size and like fortitude in, in that like four and five position to cause havoc for a team like Boston or Milwaukee, where like that four spots kind of vulnerable. I honestly, and I know Philly finished great regular season for them. Congratulations, James Harden, Embiid scoring title, you know, maybe MVP, which I'm here for, but in a weird way, Embiid's style is not meant for like the 2020s playoffs. Like you, like it's so hard to have like this giant big who kind of does everything. Yeah. But like it's so dependent on like wings and positionless like playing and playmaking and attacking. So it's like, I don't know if Philly really has the juice like that. Like honestly, who do they play in the first round? Brooklyn? Brooklyn well, this, could that this too. Argument, yeah. I think they might have played themselves in it the, and you know, tanked a couple games to eyeballing that matchup and it's like hey that's the one we ideally want in the first round let's get things rolling no brooklyn's not to be slut not to be disrespected they could easily get one but they could they could that thing could be two two this argument kind of goes hand in hand i think Embiid is the regular season mvp because if you look at if you're making the mvp debate between him Giannis, Jokic. And Eileen Embiid because he's got the most inconsistent supporting cast out of the rest of them and has been the most consistently dominant and the reason that they win games. Not to say Giannis and Jokic aren't because they are as well, but they have a lot of more structure in place on their teams and they understand each other better and consistently perform, whereas the Sixers, man, you might get 20 points from the bench. You might not combined. Yeah. And Harden might get you a double-double. He might have a very quiet evening. Maxi might be red hot. He might have a very quiet evening. The Sixers and they're giving the ball to Joel. I agree. And he's, he performed, and I'm really rooting for that guy. I'm rooting for him and Jokic from a big point of view of just wanting a big to have that moment you know, where they are the reason, you know, they carry a team, but to a chip, but in beat, I don't think that that team, I think that team is going to be able to defend them. And when it matters most, a number of teams, I think that they could lose to a team from outside that top tier that they're in because they're the thinnest. They did bolster, you know, they, they get, this is where it counts. Now I'm rooting for Harden. They got a team that mirrors what Harden did in Houston they perform pretty well now, and they have options. I don't think Tobias Harris is the worst thing in basketball, but, you know, he gets bagged on hard. I think he kind of carries his way, but it's like they have the pieces there to maybe battle, but ultimately I don't trust them. I don't think they're deep enough. And that's why I would give Embiid the MVP because still they have a shot because that guy is unguardable. I guess, like, the way I see it playing out is, like, what happens when teams are just like, all right, we're just going to pick and roll with Maxi until he switches and then we're just going to attack him or like shake Milton. <laughs> or And then now we have a positionless four or a positionless five. Like you look at Brooke Lopez or you look at like if the Celtics decide to go small ball or like, you know, Brooklyn seems to be the small ball team as well. I don't know. Like Utah Watanabe. They're going to play. They're going to play with, like, with, with Philly. Can shoot, like, so, so it's like, I, I. That game could very well be 1 1 after two. 
yeah and it's just like dude like you guys don't have a solution to that problem and like i don't know i'm, I'm just i'm I'm not out of uh who i think is the biggest threat to to jump out of there like you said it, it's a it's kind of hedging your bet but whoever does come out of that series because i've got it pretty much had a coin flip donovan mitchell has a pretty proven playoff record we know that he gets busy yeah he does he gets busy in april and it's like you combine him i, I think mobley was defensive player of the year candidate you have the front court that could hypothetically give the sixers problems because you have multiple bodies and a lot of length to frustrate and beat to foul him and you could do that to a more or lesser extent to Giannis as well. And New York, on the other hand, is a really good team. It's a really good team. They play hard. I respect Tibbs. Julie, uh, Jalen Brunson finished the season arguably in all NBA cat territory. Oh, it's going to be a t- he has an argument for third team because that team performed. He Clearly, the year at a close to 25 points per game. Yeah. That was very consistent. He has a college resume. I have another theory where it's like your college resume stands out more so in the playoffs because that's your identity as a player. If you had a proven college, collegiate, successful resume, you probably see those traits come out again when it's postseason play. I agree. Um, And they've got a lot of depth in New York. They've got uh, five that's been there all year, but. The addition of Josh Hart was big. The R.J. Barrett has had a strong final quarter of the season. I, you know, the the hate points per game over the last twenty. The hate around and R.J. Barrett is going to do what he's going to do. I, I think that you can defend them kind of easily, but so that's the I thing. Right? I like Cleveland. we know, we kind of know what it what a Tom Thibodeau, what a good Tom Thibodeau team looks like. They're like locked in defensively. They're tough. They push people, they like absorb contact, they administer contact. Like, so like I kind of know what to expect. They're gonna be some dogs in this series. And they're also an older team. They're older than this like Cavs team. I, this Cavs team feels really young. So it's like there's a little bit of that, like, oh, like I haven't gotten out of the playoffs. Like, I like with Brunson, it's like I got close. I haven't gotten there. Like, they have guys that have been to the playoffs and guys that like are a little hungry. And I feel like Cleveland has guys that are like, Oh, like it's just kind of Mitchell that's in K love that are just like the guys that have been in the playoffs. A lot of these guys, I feel like we're just like guys that got close, but never really did it. I don't know. Maybe that's an that's argument. True too. That's true too. Like, I don't know. I, I just feel like ballers. It, like, you know what I mean? Garland is a, he's a, you know, he's going to ball. Yeah, I think, and I don't think that he's afraid he's not going to become a postseason performer that we, you know, know and respect. Yeah. So this could be his coming out party. Yeah. But uh, since that team has Donovan to lean on, who can get you 40 in a playoff game, and you can't say that about a lot of people, but you can yeah. say that definitively about Donovan Mitchell. Yeah. And that could be the difference. But let's spend a little bit more time on Boston because – I said how, you know, they had that really strong showing to start the season. We shouldn't forget that about the postseason, but now you throw the Jalen Brown wrinkle. And just before all the action kicks off, because it will probably one way or another either play into their success or their unraveling. But 
how worried are you about this Jalen Brown thing? Because I think that he's not intent on staying there long term. And could a move could happen in my eyes as soon as the summer, if that's the case. And if that's a reason they don't win this year, if it surfaces at any point. But where do you feel right now with those two guys? And yeah, play no. out. I okay. So here's what I think. I think from the outside looking in, like that's what it looks like. But I think as someone that like follows the team closely, kind of has the pulse on the team very consistently. Like it just, I think Jalen as a player is so content with playing with Jason Tatum and playing with this established unit. I think he he got a taste of winning. Maybe he sees that there's another location that he can do that better. Maybe he does. Maybe he doesn't. I don't know. I'm not like, I don't know him like that, obviously. But like, I think that ultimately his, I don't know what the right word for it is. His, his like passive aggressive shoulder towards Boston right now is probably because of stuff with the fans. It's like, we know kind of what that environment is like and and Celtics fans are tough like you should see Twitter honestly like Celtics Twitter is brutal sometimes like they're like really tough on players for no reason and it's just like these are clearly just homers that don't really understand the game of basketball but like at the same time when you're somebody that has to deal with that like you know you go on the internet and you're just like seeing all this shit getting talked about you from people that are supposed to be like you know rooting for you it's like bro like I would feel the same way too like I don't keep any homies in my circle that are like, like that, you know what I mean? It makes no sense. And so we shouldn't hold these athletes to a different standard like that. So, I hear you. you know, I don't, I don't know. It's a weird situation. It's kind of puzzling, but also Jalen's just like a guy who's always been like that. So I'm not surprised he's just voicing his concerns. Um, But yeah, I don't know. I think they're going to be fine. I think Boston ultimately gives them the best chance to win unless something unravels this summer that I'm not aware of. But yeah, man, I mean, it's like they, they both just complement each other so well. And they're do, they're trying to do something that seriously hasn't been done since LeBron and Wade, where it's like two very elite skilled wings with different yet complementary skill sets trying to like and win. Even, yeah, it's a bolder comparison, but you've mentioned as well, it's, it's Scotty and Michael. Yes, literally two wings. That because, are- let me get this in while I can. Uh, yeah, no, that's a complex situation because Jalen Brown coming off of the last finals, his confidence level should have been at an all time high. He's like you said, he's peaking as a player right now. Why, if you're that team, do you want to come off of that asset? That's one way, to, you know, it's probably the prevalent way to think about it. I also think that maybe it could be addition by subtraction because if you do move Jalen, you will now, for one, you'll get a haul. For two, you'll have a natural hierarchy of we know who our best player is. Everybody else is going to play their role and we're going to be bought in. Whereas there could still be that headbutting. And also, like I said, he probably was at an all-time high in confidence level after the finals last year. But as this season plays on, you still see there's a pecking order. One person statistically and probably intangibly outperforms the other right. by a gap. And if he's bought in on that because they still are, like you said, 
nobody else has, you know, it's a younger ascending version of Kawhi and PG. Yeah. Nobody else has that. So if they, you know, it makes sense to be, to at least try. And if you did butt heads for a few years throughout their, you know, first years of their careers where it's like, no, I think I'm better. I think I'm better. Eventually looking around and seeing all this super teaming, you're like, all right, screw all that. We can just work together because that's what they're doing. We should just work together. If you think you're as good as me and I'm as good as you, let's go win it then. Um, but I, ah, I don't know. I, I, think I think that there's something. I think there's something there in that at the smallest, you know, sign of something in the playoffs, it's going to get magnified. magnified without a doubt, without a doubt. And, and, and that's could, that. You know, it could be a, it could be a loose yeah. threat. No, no, no. I I agree. I and in anybody that's played youth sports or worked passionately on a project or just like a group for anything that they've cared about, you will naturally conflict or enter conflict with other people like someone will have an idea on a group project that you may not think is correct and there's a little bit of tension and conflict and that happens in sports as well because it's a competitive environment so you get the highs of that you know interaction as well where it's like you know but but you know what i went through adversity with that fool and you know i'll I'll ride you know it's like it's not like they had to learn how to win like they've been going to the eastern conference finals so much so their standard together is already pretty high like look at a guy like Embiid. i don't think he's ever been to the conference finals yeah like he has never been to the conference finals like so it's just like these guys have come into the league and started winning at such an early point in their career so i think that like yeah it's normal to want to assess other options um like why wouldn't you when you like like just like like in anything even when you're playing pickup basketball like if your team is getting smacked around you're gonna go ask another five like oh, you guys need one like <laughs> yeah like you know I can play like you yeah. know what I mean like but if you're <laughs> the one that's like you're winning three games you're sitting one you're hopping back on and you run off another two it's like oh I'm gonna stick with this team now we're good on our five and I feel like they kind of have that ultimately but. You're gonna clash as players. You're gonna you're gonna clash as competitors, and I think they're both yeah. very. Respectful. The best teams use that as, you yeah. know, some kind of additive. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And I think the culture surrounding the team is is very great. And secondly, last part on that, I Tatum is, I in my opinion, just the best player in the league waiting to happen, and it's matter of the next three years before he yeah. is be the the popular answer to who's the best player in the I, but the close let's just go on record before all the beauty of the playoffs goes down and in between whenever we might check in again are you going with boston to come out of the east and i'll follow that with whoever i have and i make an argument because to be honest i'm i'm, I'm very close in opinions but i'll, I'll go on record with one Yes. But is Boston your guy? Yes. That's yes. Yes. I think I think Boston will maybe they 4-1 or 4-0 team. Maybe they do, but I see a lot of their series going 4-2. And in their in their losses, it'll just be like they just didn't show up to play. And they'll come out the next game and just all cylinders clicking. And they'll figure it out. I mean, there's not really much to figure out with this team, to be honest with you. 
I think like when the playoffs hit, like I expect sort of like a fuse or like a kick in. What matters the most for me, and I better freaking see it. And if I don't, I'm gonna call it out. I need to see an angry Tatum at some point. Yeah, yeah. We if we get an angry Tatum, it will bring out the dog in him that hasn't even been unleashed yet because he didn't yeah. let it out in the finals last year. He yeah. did not, and He's it's not, not to say he didn't show up because that that's that pla- that spotlight is is big, but. You never, you know, you know, you see when a player like, oh, no, like, oh, it's on, like, it's lit. Yeah. Like, I yes. need to see him get a tech. I need to see yes. him shove somebody, set the tone. Like and if that happens, bro, that will unleash him. I agree. However. I think we get that this year. I am, uh, I'm going to roll Milwaukee right now. Yeah. I'm going to roll Milwaukee. It's one or two. They're really they added Yeah. I think they added a lot to what they had in place. I think if you look back on how they went out last year, I don't think they're the same team. I think that Boston is more of the same team from last year, and they don't have Ime on the sideline, which may surface. And at the Jalen Brown loose thread, I don't think Milwaukee has that. If anything, it would be that that Chris Middleton is underperformed and has been hurt most of the season, and you don't have a rolling Middleton. And the fact that that team is as comfortable as they could still be right now with their second best player or third best, clearly the third best now because Drew's had a hell of a season. The fact that they've honestly grown as a team and a lot of teams still they put off the gas this season. There was no 61 team, but Milwaukee, I feel like has adapted, has adopted Giannis's mindset as a player and they have the matching DNA that team plays hard consistently and Bud's done it a few times now this could be Giannis's second this could be Giannis's second I think he's the top player of all time when it's said and done and if he surpasses two rings that conversation gets a little scary but this could be number two because this could be still the, the you know the latter end of his apex because like I said I think Tatum's lurking as best player in the year in the league and Giannis has had a grip on it and he might, you know, punctuate that with a second ring right now because that team is uh, – they're on one accord. They're on one accord. No. Great players have this impact on their team where the team ends up adopting that mindset. A guy like – when you when you watch the last dance, you look at a guy like Bill Wennington, and it's like he – when they interviewed him, you could tell there was like that sharpness, that focus, that driven determination that Jordan would like instill or like, you know, it would like diffuse through the air in Chicago. Like that was their aura. And I feel like to your point, like Giannis has that effect on his team. Celtics don't necessarily have that. They have a calm, cool demeanor. And I think that comes from their two stars. And the last point I want to make off is this Drew Holiday being underrated thing. I've never understood because I've never underrated Drew. Like, I feel like he is for the last three, four years, people have been like, is he underrated? Why have you just not been paying attention to how good they are and how much of an impact he's had on their team? Like, what makes him underrated? He does this. Like, he th- this is what he does. Like, yes, he can give you 50. Yes, he's going to guard your best player. Like, yes, he's going to be a dog. He's going to pick you a full court all game. That's what he does. So, like, there's no, like, I, 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 I don't understand. I feel like we're kind of demeaning him as a player by saying he's underrated at this point. Honestly, genuinely. I hear you. That's a good thing. Like, and that's how I approach it as a Celtics fan, too. It's like people are like, oh, Drew's underrated. No, Drew's going to be who he is.
And so I, I don't know. It'll be interesting. So that's how I approach it as a Celtics fan. It's like, I think that, yes, they have Drew. Yes, they have Giannis. Maybe you get Middleton. You probably get a little bit of Lopez. You get a little bit of Bobby Portis, right? But what nobody realizes is they look at Malcolm Brogdon's season and they're like, oh, yeah, you know, he averaged 20, you know, 5-5, five, five, whatever it was, whatever his final styling was, 27-6, I don't know. Um, like, they're just like, yeah, but, like, that doesn't make a difference. And it's like, no, this team clicks a lot differently with a different type of ball handler, like smart, white. That was needed last year. Yeah, exactly. In in smart white and Brogdon, Pritchard, was, Pritchard wasn't like, ready, and you he weren't just gave him a double today. <laughs> you know, initiating from the other guys. Exactly, and so and so I think I think that like I I think that like the way I see this Boston team after watching them so closely is like when they play with smart, it's like a different type of offense. It's a different type of defense almost. When they got Brogdon in there. It's like okay, like we're kind of controlling the pace. We're running the like sets. It's if the the offense feels very deliberate and intentional. Whereas yeah, like when they're running look. white, yeah, it's like a different pace. It's like a different gear. Definitely a different look. This this point guard can attack off the screen, pull up, distribute, yep. spot up, yep. and defend. The other one is going to do everything in between, and with a lot of hustle, a lot of energy. Either yes. one could close. Yes, yes, agreed, agreed. And I think and I think this team has very clearly identi- like clearly defined I- identities and roles. Same with Milwaukee. But I think that I I don't know like what more am I getting from Grayson Allen in 2023? What more am I getting from Pat Connaughton in 2023? Like what more am I getting from Beachump in 2023? Like I I don't Marjan. Like, 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 what am I get? Like, am I, what am I really going to get from Javon Carter in a potential Eastern Conference Finals in 2023? Like, I, I just don't know. Like, I, I feel like Celtics, they, they, they have more bodies. They have this collective hunger. They have this collective experience that Milwaukee also has, but it becomes a numbers game and it becomes very role player driven as you get later. Which style, in the yeah. Which style will come out on top? Cause they don't play the same style. And, and that's for sure. Yeah. I think that they I did just smoke. That's the coin flip for me, but for me, it is between them. And I wish there was somebody that wasn't the odds on favorites for me to inject here, but it probably is, you know, a coin flip for me between those two. And yeah, if uh, long shot Cleveland, long shot Cleveland, Cleveland has a long shot if it's just Donovan Mitchell's him and Mobley's right. him. And that's essentially that would be the argument if they made it. But right. I think that Milwaukee's no individual, you know, role player, but with the absence of Chris this year, the your Drew argument was was potent. I liked it. Um, I, it's, if anything, there was still some ascension in just who he was as a player this year. Not to where we're not saying that's you know we're disrespecting who he is. It feels like he shouldered more for this team to still be an Easter conference chant like leader in the regular season, when you do know what you're getting from Giannis and teams know this is their third, fourth, fifth year defending him. There's more familiarity, but I think the addition of guys like Joe Ingles, Jay Crowder, and guys like Grayson Allen playing more minutes, Javon Carter playing a bigger role. 
and Drew Holiday shouldering that responsibility. Now, if you just get anything healthy from Chris, it's additive. And you know what you're getting from Giannis. You got Bobby and Brooke. So I, I think they check a lot of boxes, and it's a straightforward kind of argument. It's not, you know, it's not that fun, but I think they supported their star with enough options yes, to where sure. if something isn't working, they can find the find the lineup that's going to work and be tough enough to get it, you know, to get it done. Yeah. But, man, I dig it, man. I, we're all waxed with that. It should be really fun to see how it plays out. Yeah, definitely. No, definitely. I th- I think that's just where it's kind of heading. And obviously the West is like a toss-up. Can't really talk myself into or out of any team there. But yeah, man. No, like we, uh, we we did what we were supposed to do just now. I'm, I'm glad we got to do this. And it will definitely not be the last. 